Good evening and welcome to Courts Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chauhan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. I will start with a brief on the constitution bench hearing the batch of petitions challenging section 6A of the Citizenship Act which was inserted to give effect to the Assam Accord of 1985. The constitution bench headed by CJI Chandrachud and also comprising Justices Surya Kant, M.M. Sondaresh, J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra heard the matter. The arguments today concluded and the court reserved the verdict in the case. The centre today filed an affidavit furnishing details on illegal immigrants and those who have been granted citizenship in light of Section 6A. Last week, court had directed the Ministry of Home Affairs to furnish data regarding the inflow of illegal migrants to Assam and northeastern states after 25th March 1971, that is post the declaration of Bangladesh independence. Court had also asked for data-based disclosures under various heads including grant of citizenship to immigrants in different time periods, workings of the foreigners' tribunals established, etc. The affidavit submits the details. It clearly states that the clandestine and surreptitious manner of entry of illegal immigrants makes it difficult for the government to ascertain any accuracy on data collection. The government has also submitted the administrative steps taken to deal with the issue of illegal immigration. S.G. Tushar Mehta also highlighted that union's progress in fencing the border in West Bengal was hindered due to West Bengal's non-cooperation. Senior advocates Sanjay Hegde, Chandra Uday Singh and advocate Shahadan Farasat argued on behalf of the interveners today. The main contentions were that Section 6A does not violate Article 14 of the Constitution and is rather a step towards legalizing the determination of foreigners as per the Assam Accord. And that merely because citizenship is being granted to one class of people does not mean there is a violation. Violation may be claimed by another class who is denied citizenship. Senior advocate Sham Devan concluded his rejoinder arguments on behalf of petitioners, post which the bench reserved the judgment. To read the arguments made in detail, you can visit livelaw.in. And now an update from the parliament. As you know, during the monsoon session of Lok Sabha, Union Home Minister Amit Shah had introduced three new criminal law bills to replace the present Indian Penal Code, Criminal Procedure Code and the Evidence Act. The bills, namely Bharatiya Nyay Sahita, Bharatiya Saksha Bill and Bharatiya Nagrik Suraksha Sahita were referred to the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Home Affairs. In a new update, the central government had withdrawn the three bills yesterday. The Union Home Minister had informed members of Lok Sabha that the bills would be withdrawn and replaced with three new bills after incorporating the changes recommended by the Parliamentary Committee. Let me tell you, last month the committee had submitted its reports on the proposed bills suggesting various changes. For example, it recommended that a provision to criminalize adultery, which was struck down by the Supreme Court in 2018, be introduced in a gender-neutral form. It also recommended retention of a provision similar to Section 377 of IPC to criminalize non-consensual homosexual acts. The panel also recommended provisions in the new CRPC bill to secure digital evidence. Concerns were also expressed by it regarding the provision allowing police custody beyond 15 days of arrest. 
After withdrawing these, let me tell you, today the central government introduced revised criminal reform bills in the Lok Sabha. Home Minister Amit Shah introduced the new bills incorporating the changes made by the Parliamentary Standing Committee. He said that most changes were grammatical in nature. The discussion on the bills will take place on 14th December. Stay tuned with us. The Supreme Court today directed former Andhra Pradesh Chief Minister N. Chandrababu Naidu's anticipatory bail plea in the Fibernet scam case to be listed on 17th January. On the last occasion, the hearing was adjourned by the court to await the decision in Naidu's squash petition in the skill development case. A bench of Justices Anirudh Bose and Bela M. Trivedi was hearing Naidu's SLP against an order of the Andhra Pradesh High Court refusing to grant him anticipatory bail in the Fibernet scam case in October. In the skill development case, as you know, Naidu was granted regular bail. During the brief courtroom exchange today, Senior Advocate Ranjit Kumar appearing on behalf of the state of Andhra Pradesh accused Naidu of continuing to make political statements about the cases against him despite the court's order in another SLP relating to the skill development scam case and enjoining him from publicly commenting on the pending case. Justice Bose orally asked Senior Advocate Siddharth Luthra to ensure that Naidu, his client, did not make any statement in the public domain about the pendency of his plea in the Fibernet scam case as well. In light of the recent focus on the inconsistencies observed in scheduling of cases at the Supreme Court, Advocate Prashant Bhushan has written to the Registrar of the Supreme Court seeking reasons for deletion of petitions against centers delay in judges appointments without the knowledge of the presiding judge and despite a judicial order for a specific date listing. On 5th December, Bhushan appearing for one of the petitioners in the batch of cases had orally mentioned to the bench comprising Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul and Sudhanshu Dholia regarding deletion of the matter from the list. He had said, Though the petitions were initially shown in the cause list for that day, they were later deleted. In the letter written on 8th December, Bhushan has asked for reasons for the deletion of the case from the cause list despite having a specific date posting. Referring to the Handbook on Practice and Procedure and Office Procedure based on the Supreme Court rules, he has stated that once the cause list is published, it cannot be changed. The letter also states that in this matter, the presiding judge was completely unaware of the non-listing of this case and has categorically stated so in the court. Hence, the deviation from said rules and procedures were even more serious and peculiar. A bench comprising Justices Sanjay Kishan Kaul and Sudhanshu Dholia heard a petition filed by People's Union for Civil Liberties and Women Rights Activist Rosemary Dochu challenging a resolution passed by the Nagaland Assembly exempting operation of Part 9A of the Constitution, which mandates 33% reservation for women in municipalities and town councils of the state. The Supreme Court considered an affidavit filed on behalf of the Chief Secretary of Nagaland, which affirmed that Nagaland Municipal Act of 2023 was passed on 9th November this year by the Nagaland Assembly. The Act provides for 33% reservations for women in the urban local bodies. This is in accordance with Article 243 of the Indian Constitution. 
During the hearing, Justice Call made some pertinent oral observations referring to the state of Nagaland. He said, and I quote, I have always felt that women's section of the society plays a very important role there. But somehow in election processes, it is left to the men only. Sometimes the social changes take a little longer. In another update, the Delhi High Court today dismissed plea moved by former Jammu and Kashmir Chief Minister Omar Abdullah seeking divorce from his estranged wife Payal Abdullah. They got married in September 1994. They have two sons and have been living separately since 2009. It was Omar's case that his marriage had irretrievably broken down. He also sought divorce on the ground of cruelty and desertion by Payal. The family court had refused to grant him divorce, observing that he failed to prove the grounds. Omar Abdullah was also directed to pay interim maintenance to his wife and to pay rupees 60,000 per month to both sons for their education, even though they are majors and not entitled to any maintenance as per law. Today, a division bench of Justice Sanjeev Sachdeva and Justice Vikas Mahajan rejected the petition moved by Omar Abdullah challenging the family court order and refused to grant the divorce. The Delhi High Court today issued notice on a plea moved by Aam Admi Party seeking direction on union government to allot suitable land to it being a recognized political party. Aam Admi Party has placed reliance on a memorandum issued by the Centre in 2006 prescribing allotment of land up to 500 square metres to all national political parties having up to 15 members of parliament in both houses. The memorandum also provides for an additional allocation of land up to 500 square metres for Delhi state units where the National Party has representation in the Delhi state legislature. The party has challenged two letters wide which its request for allotment of suitable land for construction of its offices was rejected by the centre. It seeks a direction on the union government to ensure that the land so allotted to it is preferably in centrally located areas in the national capital and free from encroachments so that construction for office space may be commenced immediately. Justice Subramanian Prasad issued notice to the Union Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs and sought its response within six weeks. The matter will now be heard in April 2024. And lastly, the Bombay High Court has criticized the state government for underutilization of designated budget for procurement of drugs and medical equipment. A division bench of Chief Justice Devendra Kumar Upadhyay and Justice RFS Doctor was dealing with a suo moto PIL regarding two government hospitals in Nanded and Aurangabad districts of Maharashtra, which reported over 50 deaths within a span of four days. According to the affidavit submitted by Principal Secretary of the Department of Medical Education and Drugs, a significant portion of the sanctioned budget for drug and medical equipment procurement remained unspent. The court directed that adequate and appropriate steps should be taken to spend the budgetary allocation in its entirety so that it does not get lapsed at the cost of healthcare system. Highlighting the vacancies in medical departments, the court noted that approximately one third of posts for roles such as nursing staff and technical positions crucial for diagnostics were vacant. The court stressed the urgency of filling the vacancies as they hamper the healthcare facilities and services in the hospitals run by the state.
I hope you found this video informative and enjoyable. If you did, please consider giving it a thumbs up and sharing it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you won't miss any of our future content. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.